So Alyssa, where are we? <laughs> um, we are in the parking lot, in the, well, in the back parking lot of our high school because for the second day in a row, because we wanted to torture ourselves, I guess. Um, do you want to tell the people why we're here, Shannon? I do. We're here for the second day in a row because uh, rain sucks. Yeah. And so we tried that yesterday and that wasn't good. Uh, we're here because our friendship was forged in parking lots, specifically theater, community theater, parking lots, and obviously high school parking lots. Because as any good theater kid knows, when you get done with a show that you've just performed in, or stage managed for, God forbid, you <laughs> have, it's like 9.30 or 10 when you get done with the show. On if a good a, night. If it's a Shakespeare, it's 11. <laughs> and then you have to take all the pictures with your mommy who came to see you for the third night in a row. Mm -hmm. And then you have to get out of your costume. And then you have to cry with everyone if it's even remotely close to closing night. And by that point, it's at least 11 o'clock, so there's nothing open except Waffle House and IHOP. And sometimes you just don't want pancakes after Hello Dolly for the fifth time this week. Yeah, so, especially because in Hello Dolly, you have to eat like a whole dinner in the middle of the show. You've already eaten. You're, you're stuffed, so you just can't. And so you just sit in the parking lot because it's usually less warm than inside the theater. And it's nice and cold, sometimes mm -hmm. really cold. So that's just where we have a lot of good conversations after theater experiences. And I definitely thought that maybe this was like a unique experience to us, but everywhere I go in every theater I've ever been in, when I go to leave having seen a show, I see cast members in the parking lot talking. I feel like it's the community theater stage door. Just like, loitering in the parking <laughs> you lot. have to hang out outside after theater. Yes. Those are the rules. Yes, because you never know what kind of conversations might happen, who you might talk to, who might have been at the show, and mostly you just don't want to drive home because either you want to complain mm. for at least 20 minutes, mm. it's complaining, it's longer, yes. or you want to talk about how wonderful it was and the great reviews and things like that. There's always something to talk about. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. I'm Shannon. I'm Melissa. We're this in the parking, parking lot. lot <laughs> so I feel like when people meet us, they assume that we met doing theater, which is not the case. We met in German class. Yes. In this high school. Yikes. I cannot speak any German. The heist do. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Does that mean how are you? I, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I, took, I took two years, so that's fair. I, that I remember one phrase. So did I. Oh my gosh, you did. I did. It was your least favorite class of senior year. Um, my least favorite class was, in fact, AP Psychology. Uh, not because of the content, but because of the vibe. Um, but German was a close second. Um, so... I was doing theater all four years of high school, and you were involved in theater very much outside of high school, but not really in our school walls. 
No, I pretty much avoided it because in high school you're supposed to do studying was what my brain told me. <laughs> um, so I just came and saw all the shows and then was highly intimidated by everyone who was in them and thought they were super cool. But we were I did not. very lame. Yeah, well, I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that now. But no, I did not do any until senior year because it was it was too intimidating. And then I was like, you know what? I should live some. And then I did <laughs> the senior musical because apparently that's living. And we're going to get to that <laughs> because, boy, what a life it was. Um, but I think it might be interesting first if we talk about our differing perspectives, you as an audience member watching, uh. and me living through the chaos of doing it right. for a while and then our paths converged yes <laughs> in that last year one tragic spring yeah one tra- <laughs> <laughs> so tragic <laughs> um for me especially so that's true yeah um no the first show i saw was a freshman year it mm-hmm. was the only one you did not do yeah weird offense yeah um it was not the better for it, I'll say that. Thank it, you so uh, much. It's a lot. <laughs> I didn't see it, so why don't you tell me about it? Um, I don't. I have never seen it before or since. I'm honestly not sure that it is a real play. Oh no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. As far as I remember, it was very similar to. Oh, I don't know. Something like the uh, Arms and the Man. The, oh, okay. The Shaw, the George Bernard Shaw. Yeah. Um, with the, I don't know, there's just an angry father running around doing things that didn't make any sense. So it's like trying to be and, a comedy. Oh, it was, it, it was supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> uh, actively it was supposed to be, <laughs> but, uh, it was. Did you laugh? Oh, I, I don't remember. I think I did, but okay. I also wasn't sure what to expect. And I was like, oh, this must be good theater because mm. I really hadn't seen a lot of theater. Okay. This was back in like when I didn't honestly know what good theater was. And then I went and saw Les Mis junior year and not obviously at this high school, at a, a, a place that does <laughs> bigger shows. And wow. then I was like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, I think. Wow. I think that is um, definitely uh, a learning process for most theater people. But there's levels. There's there's levels, and there's good theater on all levels. Yes. And I do think uh, I definitely thought I was creating just masterpieces here, <laughs> one right after the other, <laughs> for at least the first couple years. Um. And then my cynical nature really started to take root, and I realized um, maybe masterpiece was like a little bit of a strong word. Mm, yes. Um, for a while after that, I probably would have said like trash can fire <laughs> which might also be strong. Only um, extremes. Only extremes. Yeah. So I think I've settled into a, a, a Marie Kondo-esque, like, that gave me joy at the time. So happy to let it go. It does nothing for me now. Right. Yes. That was a past experience. And we can put send it to the thrift store now. Yes. 
So I think what we're getting at is that it was both the best of times and the worst of times, which they of course don't tell you that about high school because that would scare you. So they just go, best times of your life. And then you go to college and you're like, oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there were there were goods and bads. What do you think your, your best good was? Ooh, um, well, okay. I, I would probably say that I had my first directing experience here at this high school. Um, and like many of my early directing experiences, it just came at the hands of me being persistent and unable to take no for an answer about anything. <laughs> um, but I was a senior. There had been a program to let seniors direct a student production every year that got disbanded my senior year. I was not going they to stand. They were very, very scared of you. Yes, I was not going to stand for that <laughs> injustice. Um, and so I just started bugging people. Train. Um, we're actually outside, guys. We train. are really outside. <laughs> <laughs> I just started bugging people until uh, our choir director said that he would be like the liaison and sponsor it for us. And basically that just meant that he committed to staying after school for obscenely long times of rehearsals um to be our guardian and and chaperone and um which the theater department needs to my senior year choir director i love you we stand thank you so much <laughs> um yeah but i directed a broadway review concert for charity um it was a very hectic time in my young life but it was probably the high just because i got to work with all of my friends I strong-armed my high school into doing something, which is always kind of like a badass story. And um, then I gave a bunch of money to kids who needed food. So, you know. And a bunch of cake to people and who needed it at the end so of the show. My mom so gave much cake. so much cake to the people at the end of the show. Um, again, my mom, I feel like it's interesting. My mom knows nothing about the theater world and your mom knows so much. Yes, but your mom is so dang supportive. My mom is there she is a hundred percent like she literally bought a sweater this christmas that said that's a wrap solely so that she could start wearing it to the clothes of all of my productions not because she's the cutest thing just a big christmas fan although she is but yes um my mom baked cookies for everyone involved in my high school productions every single year and then for that show she did have a just a giant cake um so yeah, it was a good cake. It was a good cake. Yeah, I had some. I came to that show. It was very fun. So is your high the one time you participated or is it one of the times you watched? No, I'd definitely say it was the one time I participated. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed the times that I watched mostly because I get super emotionally invested. And then I think that's why it's so painful when I have to watch a, a show that is not what it could have been and you can see it that's the hardest yes. it's not that it was like I don't know that I saw during the four years a bad show I saw shows that were like they you saw the potential mm. of scenes and were, yeah. were like oh man I wish they'd had like two more weeks of rehearsals because there was something there they were so close. And it was so close. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But no, I think actually being involved and like getting to say, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. And um, even if it was only the once and I wasn't in the show. And if you saw me, that was a bad thing. Um, which <laughs> happened because they pulled the lights up on us and we were turning a 
thing. Yeah. My well, there were never too, too many big things to turn in there that show. There were a lot of big um, things to turn. Yes. In your defense. <laughs> yes, many. And there were very few of us turning them. <laughs> Isn't um, it always the case? Yeah. But uh, no, it was good. Uh, and it was also a super big, like, senior group. Um, even though I was not at all, like, a theater senior. I should have been, like, a theater freshman by all accounts. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. You were helping me with my German class. And uh, we all hung out at my house. So it's true. So it was basically, like... Uh, I was the decider, right. and, um, yeah, I, I needed the help. <laughs> yes, for the show to go on, I, I think it was a good first experience of actually being involved in a production, for sure. And yet, the grossest thing happened to us yes. in, this, in this high, lovely moment that you're having. So bad. I mean, I've so did theater before this um since I was like 10 done it since so we're we're knocking the door on 17 years here have I don't think I've experienced something so um immediately disgusting (laughs) for sure I I don't know where to start with the story well I think the first problem and this is a problem for life not just theater is that when you supply teenagers with just like unlimited amounts of food there's just occasionally always the um inability to control themselves true or like think towards the future not all there's the moment the moment in which Mm -hmm. i am enjoying these fries the moment in which i'm enjoying these gummies skittles i remember vividly because of the rainbow so all i know for myself is that I had on a big, like, spinny skirt, and I was sitting on a cooler um, of water bottles that, like, half the lid was up, and people were getting them out, and I was sitting on the closed half. Hmm. I feel like we should mention probably, like, most high schools, we were doing Beauty and the Beast. Yes. I'm pretty sure everyone's senior musical ever has been Beauty and the Beast. I'm not sure how that happens, (laughs) but it's... Uh, a it's consistent winner. Such a daunting piece of work. Uh, yes. Just in sheer, like, costumes alone, I don't really know why people are like, I can make a beast costume that looks mm. normal. And then make them turn into a prince, a prince at the end In, like, so five fast. seconds, so quick. Have you seen, there's a blog on the internet that's called, like, Low Budget Beasts. Oh my gosh, yes. It is my favorite thing. <laughs> Any time I am at a place in my life that is just, like, a little low, I'm just, like, scrolling on that website, like, dying. They look like rabid dogs, almost all of them. Or, like, the most recent iteration of cats sometimes. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. What killed me about our production of Beauty and the Beast was that we knew we couldn't pull off the transition doing one one human man couldn't do it alone. So we got two... Yes. But the, the the prince one was, like, half the size of the beast one. It was truly wild. Yes. Um, everyone knew. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And then I had little, like, flickery lights that I had to shine up on him while he yes. was, like, doing his little to distract, dance. distract people right. from, from the, their... Because our lighting was... Utter confusion. So, so we're doing Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Um, our little LeFou, I believe he was a freshman. Mm, that sounds right. Maybe he was a sophomore. He's just that kid that everyone is kind of like, 
I got to take care of him. And so... Very funny. Like, adorable. Very sweet to be around. I'm sure he's grown into a lovely adult man. The past moms have dropped off all of this food. Like, so much candy. So many, like, store-bought desserts. Because high school allergies. All of this crap is there. And then someone from the senior class had gone across the street to McDonald's and this kid wanted French fries. Yes. And so before the show, where LeFou is running around acting a fool, it's in the name. Yeah, right. No, he, he <laughs> was embodying the character. He really was. He eats so much food, like all of one whole pack of gummies a full dinner's worth of sugar basically (laughs) so much food and we're just finishing i want to say the gaston song no it's kill the beast (gasps) kill the beast it was no it was kill the beast because he ran off stage in the middle of the song and then (laughs) ran and then ran back off to sing his part of the number yes which is the dedication we're looking for. oh my gosh like he was on it so i'm sitting on this cooler and all of a sudden, this child runs up beside me, looking like death. And then he proceeds to start to vomit into the cooler, onto my skirt. All across the doorway. All across our green room, all in the mm-hmm. dressing room, like in the wing. Because he, you're right. He, he just did. made it off stage, which was great. He didn't do it on stage. We'll, like, I mean. love that for him. Whew. And then he runs back, you're right, mm-hmm. to, sing to sing his, his little solo. Little mm-hmm. da, 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 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but because it's like 8.30 p.m. on a Saturday night, <clears throat> our high school doesn't have any janitorial staff there. If so, they're like way across the building avoiding this um... monstrosity. <laughs> Good word. So I feel like you have to pick up from there because it was it was your mom and her yeah her sacrifice. So, let, let me explain why my mom was backstage at our high school production. Um, we didn't have so much a crew as a lot of confused people, and very little organization. Mm-hmm. Very very well intentioned and very little organization and no like grown people. No grown people. Our our stage manager was great. Mm-hmm. He was also a senior we're still friends with him matt we love you we're sorry yes we're sorry it wasn't your fault no not at all but also you had to what be in the booth like you were never back there we had nobody we didn't i think we had one radio Mm -hmm. maybe that actually connected to anything that mattered (laughs) so there was no one to call and so anyway in case of emergency and because we had literally supplied a lot of the props go public school um my mom was backstage to help with all the set changes because I was like mom this is gonna be garbage unless you unless we have some help so she was there thank goodness and just started grabbing paper towels and telling people to move and it I mean it turned into like I don't even know a war zone back there trying to clean it up as fast as possible and then they literally were like you can't clean this up because it's like a biohazard when the janitor finally did arrive you can't touch this and we were like isn't it like worse of a biohazard to leave it here in a cooler 
<laughs> oh my word. In the cooler, under the cooler, under the tables, all across the doorway. And when, of course, everyone is trying to exit and not walk through it. <laughs> and truly just fully rainbow colored from oh all gosh. of the like starburst skittles yeah sour it was it was magical in a way it was (laughs) i would say in that fairy tale production it was one of the more magical things that happened that is true and and unexpected very Mm -hmm. very unexpected yeah you know you get into like a little bit of a grind like yeah that you you know where to enter where to exit what's going to happen it really adds like a sense of excitement urgency energy when someone vomits on you um And for that reason, just, like, the sheer excitement that it brought us, I feel like that's not even our low. Oh, no. So if your high was the show you participated in, then something you saw must have been your low. Ooh. Which, I mean, be careful, because I'm going to get offended. I know. (laughs) I feel like I have to say it was the freshman show you went in. I know you do. Um, No, please don't. it might have... Oh, dear. Do you want think me to go first? No, no, no. I don't because I know what it is. But okay. I'm not going to be upset. It was Romeo and Juliet. Oh, uh, that was definitely definitely the low. <laughs> hey, it was not Macbeth. Thank you so much. No, um, that was definitely not the low. Um, you know, it was the low in far as far as like uncomfortableness goes. But that's uh, it was uncomfortable for everyone, mm-hmm. including all of your family. No, um, <laughs> specifically my father. No, it was, uh, I think, Romeo and Juliet, and only because okay. I could see everyone trying so dang hard and not getting it. Like, yeah. they were working their butts off, and I really didn't want to watch it because they were in, everybody was in the wrong spots. It's funny, I feel like everyone looks at castless, especially in high school, and they feel like, I can't believe that this is the way this was cast. With the objectivity of an, of an adult, I can look back and feel like I understand the casting choices mm. mostly throughout our high school experience. I could not explain to you at all why that particular show was cast the way it was. Everyone was in the wrong spot, with the exception perhaps of Juliet. Juliet and I'm trying to remember. The nurse. The nurse was in the right spot. Oh, yes. The so nurse I think, honestly, was 100% the women in the right women were in the right spots. Yeah. All of the men were in the wrong spots. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally agree with you because there's really only three ladies yeah. in Romeo and Juliet. And even the princess, I mean, since they didn't have a prince. They was, had a prince. She was, was totally fine. Great. Um, it's Juliet, her mom, and the mm-hmm. nurse. And those three women, I feel like, were lovely in their roles. Um, none of them were me, but that's fine. <laughs> I played many men. Yeah. Um, but all of the men were woefully miscast. And it was again. That's the that's the part that was awful. It wasn't that I didn't. I wanted to support everyone so much, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted to support them in different parts. Yes. I they they were obviously uncomfortable where they were, and mm-hmm. some of them very obviously uncomfortable with the part. And we're looking at you, Romeo. Oh my word. But he was trying so hard. He really was. And he's a sweet guy. Yes. He just doesn't have the romance gene. No. Um, definitely not the puppy dog, uh, make mistakes, impulsivity that Romeo has. Like, he was a very logical thinker, mm-hmm. super deliberate. Um, and that came across in his portrayal so much. 
Yes. And I'm just like... all of his romance, <laughs> romantic lines so on purpose, and I was like, I don't feel romanced. It's supposed to be all sappy, and you're supposed to feel stuff, and I just sat there not feeling much. Right. Which was a bummer. Totally understandable. Yeah, Costumes, I think... Costumes, though? Very nice. Beautiful costumes, mm-hmm. beautiful set. It was one of my favorite sets that we did, because it didn't move, which I really loved. Um, yeah, I think... I think the unfortunate thing for Romeo and Juliet is when you are rooting actively for them to die so you can go home, <laughs> you, you've missed the mark. Yes. Um, and I can understand why some people felt that way. Um, I feel like for me, that show is one that I have like next to no memory of the actual performances. Um, but it was sophomore year, so the second show I was in, I've just forged a lot of friendships in that show. Yeah. And mostly have more memories of like rehearsal, backstage stuff. Very small cast. It was a core group. Yeah. It's a really tight group. Um, so I think for me, it I know that it was not a great production. <laughs> But I had a great time, so it's hard to look back with any negativity. Um, so I'm trying to think of like the worst experience for me. I'm gonna give sort of a cop out answer. So Ooh. sorry. I know. I think production wise, the show that I did not love the rehearsal process for, and the production itself was in my opinion, kind of a flop, was Emma. Yeah. Um, I think it's very hard to adapt a Jane Austen piece. We didn't do it justice. (laughs) Um, I did not appear personally until Act 2, which I feel like really did bring down the quality of the production overall. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know... Definitely, um, my family, if you ask them to this day, like, which production of Alyssa's that I've directed, stage managed, been in, um, all of them except for my father would say Emma, and I think my father has just blocked it from his brain. That's understandable. It, it yeah. was in Austin, which is just hard. Just hard. Yeah. And long. So, so long. long. <laughs> so long. So long, and unfortunately, sort of in in the same vein of, like, a Shakespeare piece, um, when you're doing a period piece like that, and people don't exactly understand what they're saying or doing, um, the audience definitely feels that. Unfortunately for Jane Austen, she doesn't have the fights that Shakespeare does to reel them back in. Right, yeah, we're missing the action scenes Mm -hmm. and the the swords, Um, and sometimes we're really missing the action scenes. And And truly, I watched, so recently, um, they made... A movie version of Emma and I watched it and had to text some of my high school friends literally like who did you play in this show because I don't remember the plot and I tried to find my playbill was too faded to read who played which part right and I was literally like I don't remember this happening at all <laughs> yeah well there's a lot of pieces to any Austin it's mm-hmm. just like Lots of characters, lots of relationships. Yes. It's very relational storytelling. And lots of talking. So Just much Just lots talking. of sit around and talk. Also, my dress sucked. Your dress did suck. It was so bad. Yeah. Which, 
Um, you know, anytime you are in a high school production and you are also, you know, maybe working with more than like a low B cup, you, your dress is going to suck. Like they just, they're afraid of you. They're afraid of your rack. They don't know what to do with you. <laughs> um, and so you end up, even though you're like cute in high school with sack dresses on because people are afraid of your boobs. Um, so I don't know, get a friend that can sew and isn't afraid of them and be like, I would love to provide my own costume for this production. <laughs> I had a great hat though. So, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. So throughout this series, um, Shannon and I are going to meet up in parking lots and like we've done so many times before, have slightly stream of consciousness, wandering conversations about um, the wild times and people that we've experienced in our professions. Um, but we wanted to start here in this parking lot. I really wanted to feel like nostalgic or like very, um, I don't know, reminiscenty. That's not a word. I feel nothing. Reminiscent is a word. Yeah, I don't really either. I think it might be because this place looks kind of like a prison. Yeah. And it felt kind of like a prison when and... you were there. And I did my AP test in there. I just, I just don't, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so we had a gymatorium. Yes. So, like, there's not a lot of grandeur in, the, in going back. And maybe it's also because schools are closed because of COVID. So there's really no, like, life here anyway. And we don't have the, the best experiences in this particular city of our lovely state anyway. Um, so maybe we're a little bit numb. But... Good. Numb. I'm tired. Tired is good. Yeah. It's, well, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of theaters here. Mm -hmm. And I'm blonde. There's a lot of blonde women here. <laughs> and it's hard to find your spot. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think, I think that's true for everyone who's coming out of the sort of bubble environment of their theater school or if they go to like a youth performing arts program you spend four years kind of being typecast and like developing your niche and even outside of the walls of theater in your high school you are typecast you You're know developing like, as a person but the people around you have a lot more say in who you are yeah and I think like for us you were very much like very brainy, smart, like that was your type in mm -hmm. high school. And I was loud and kind of like <laughs> artsy, I guess. It was the headbands. It was, was telling headbands. you it was the headbands. I you know they were great. Thank you. I agree. Um every once in a while, because I I saved a couple, I'll bust one out and be like, maybe I'm gonna bring it back. But the migraines, I literally <laughs> spent four years, anyone who's listening to this, who was in high school with me and thought that I was doing that for attention or, or whatever, like, no, I was dedicated. I thought I looked great. I thought they were so cute. I did this before flower crown Snapchat filters. I feel like I originated the you had comeback. Feathers. You had everything going I on. I had feathers. I had flowers. I had beads. I had ropes. I made them myself. <sighs> what I'm trying to say 
is that if I was ever mean to you in high school, know that it is because I severely had a migraine for four full years. Then you realized it was the headbands. Yes. And it was only because you were talking to me and I was dizzy. It was the lack of oxygen to my brain. <laughs> um, but I feel like you spend so much time and you're this person and then you get bust out into the world who literally does not care what you've done in high school, who you're supposed to be, and you realize that even though you were, you know, Miss AP student, Miss, you know, drama club president, whatever, there's 45 of those girls at your college. It's not just you anymore. So I think for me, so many people in our senior class went on, who graduated out of that drama program, went on in some way to pursue the arts. It was never a question for me that that's what I would do. And I think that this building, whatever it did to me in other ways, um, definitely gave me that kind of like 18 year old cockiness to just Mm. think that like why wouldn't it work for me um which you know sometimes leads to a little bit of a valley of depression because you realize oh there's lots of reasons (laughs) but I don't know if without that I would have gone on to try as hard um Mm. without knowing what the success of it felt like because I was not this person that got lead after lead after lead. Like, I definitely grew into roles in those four years. And I also think that, I don't know, just, like, the bonding of theater is, like, a little bit of a high. Um, And watching, becoming super close with a group of people, all, like, forging this common goal to create something and then watching it be created and maybe I'm a narcissist but having people stand up and applaud you thank you so much um (laughs) and like little girls come tell you they're gonna dress like you for Halloween that does something to me (laughs) and I think that like I've been chasing that feeling of like community and common like creation ever since so like I guess it wasn't all bad having had only one actual production experience there just being backstage I think was was the first part for me because until then I was like oh if you're gonna do theater you have to be in a costume Mm -hmm. and be in front of people and at that point I was still very against the be in front of people thing right that part was not gonna happen Um, But finding out that there's other pieces that, like, oh, I can be actively involved in this and people never have to see me. I like this. This is good. I didn't do clubs. I literally, I went to school to do classes and then I went home. Which, by the way, is not the way to do high school. Would not recommend that to anyone. If you can, join at least one club. Just do it. I think, yeah, I think we've both experienced, like, social anxiety in different ways, and I think Mm -hmm. that mine did not set in until I was older, 
so in high school I did not understand people like you who were like so good at something but like didn't want to be involved in it I, I always feel the need to like leverage every skill and like talent that I have and make people know that I can do it um and I always regarded you as like kind of shy and then that's totally fair and then when I watched you backstage like very much take charge tell people what to do like make sure things are gonna happen correctly I was like oh this is a person who like gets it and also isn't who I thought they were it was definitely feeding into my like need to be helpful I think that I didn't I didn't find that really until then I, I knew it was a thing i I had experienced that previously, but I hadn't found a place where, like, oh, no, this is somewhere where I'm actually, in this moment, needed. I was also having fun, but, you know. So, we've said a couple of things that we would encourage or not encourage all high school students to do. Take it with a grain of salt. We don't know everything. Although you thought we did up to this point, up to this moment right now. Theater kids know, and non-theater kids might not know. Notes is not just something you pass in class. Notes is something you receive at the end of a usually rehearsal. Other directors do them during shows, too, which is stressful. Yes. Um, but generally, after rehearsal, the director will have written things down that they thought were good or bad, that you should do or not do. In the next time you do the show, and good actors will do them. Or not do them. Or not do them. Respectively. Was, yeah. Exactly. I am notorious as a director for just being very withholding of praise, love, affection, um, niceties. <laughs> yes, the you did this well mm-hmm. is harder. So while while we do intend to end each episode like this, um, I will be relying on Shannon to be good cop to me. Um, I like to give notes like, it was fine, which is probably how I would describe my high school career. That's how you describe a lot of things, so I think that's fair. Um, But maybe taking it outside of our high school a little bit to just say high school theater departments in general, maybe we have some notes for them. Do you want to give a good one? Let's see. I think sometimes we get stuck in the things, especially, I say we, I think high schoolers get stuck in the things that are frustrating about the way that things are and don't enjoy the good things. Mm. You, you get so stuck in like, if I were doing this or if this other teacher were in charge, this teacher that I think is super cool and like lets me turn in assignments late, if they were in charge of the theater department, it would be so much better. But if you're just going to exist like that in all of your life, you won't appreciate the things that are there right now. Um, and that I think that that's my first thing is that theater departments need to keep doing what they're doing because if you weren't there there would be no place for a lot of people in high schools I don't want to say theater is a catch-all but the, it's it's it can be an open space to a lot of people who feel uncomfortable definitely I think there's like a job for everyone in the theater you yes. can find a space to be I also just to be like a little bit positive off of that which Ooh. is against my nature but you inspired me Um, I think that so many people who I have come in contact with, students that I've worked with, have found, like, a safety net in theater, Mm -hmm. 
and a group of people who accepts their weirdness and their quirks and like who they are and I think that there are theater directors out there who direct for young people who have directly impacted their lives and like saved them from feeling like an outcast and I think that just off of what you were saying we need to do an even better job of making sure that that reaches everyone and that we're picking shows that represent those kids not every show has to be about old white people true <laughs> and I get that that's sometimes what's easy to do in high school because and cheap and cheap so cheap to do in high school yes um but I think that like the stories that we tell matter and how we choose to represent them matters and certainly in this moment we're seeing that like more than ever and so I think it starts so much for people in their high school where this community has really brought them in and accepted them let's make sure we're also representing them on stage there are so many roles that I only have seen played by a specific kind of person. Yeah. And there's so many of us that don't want to see that anymore. That, that, that's been done, and it's been done well. Is there a way you can do it differently? Not trying to outdo or trying to be diverse for the sake of being diverse, because that's even worse. Allowing room for variety, where it feels like maybe variety would be weird. Yeah, and sometimes it all it takes is like one person to do it to let other people step up and agree and try it too um and in a lot of ways like your high school theater department doing it a little bit differently um it's so safe for you you know it's not like someone's gonna come rip your department to shreds for having tried something against the grain uh because people aren't really sending out their reviewers to tear apart children not usually typically <laughs> um yeah so just you know I think keep making safe environments for kids and then think about how you're translating that to the parts you're giving them and the stage time you're giving stories on a silly note maybe tighten up a little bit but I would <laughs> say like you know being creative is beautiful and doing things that are maybe like a little bit outside of your budget I don't have a huge problem with you you have to pare it down you can't keep doing shows that cost you $2,000 to license that you don't have the money for and then want ginormous sets where everything turns and the scene changes every 45 seconds and that makes you put so many blackouts in and they're super long because your you have crew a, hates you yes and you've made these ginormous sets why are we doing it why are we doing it don't know not everything has to turn you know give your audience the benefit of the doubt that they can imagine with you that the one tree you put out is a park not that you've rotated a 400 pound set to go from a house to a park every other scene i'm done your actors can convey a lot more than you think they can i don't mean emotionally i mean like 
physically, like in the space they exist in. I think we've both seen shows where you can imagine the space because the actor can imagine the space. Yeah. If you're telling your kids, and then there's going to be this huge rotating wall on this side, and they're thinking that the entire time they're rehearsing, they're not getting the space to work at that and, and practice imagining the space for themselves because they're like, oh, it's going to exist. Right. Then what if it doesn't? Sometimes it doesn't come together. You can't guarantee that. If you can't do the show without the set and the tech, there are exceptions, then you haven't done the work. My aesthetic as a director has drifted towards minimalism in so many ways out of necessity because I just did not have the money to do giant production. But then when you start to strip away all of that stuff, you realize how much you can get away with and how um, imaginative and creative your actors can be in storytelling. So yeah, I'm just done with giant sets that turn and look like a two-story house. If I wanted to buy a house, I would get a real job. And I think as far as like, you know, I'm not trying to ruin any kid's good time. Truly, I'm not, because I get it. But like, if you're a theater director and your entire crew is children and you don't have any adults backstage, maybe just think about sending a volunteer to like just do a walkthrough, give you a little report back. Yeah. I mean, freshman year, first show I was in, it was Oklahoma the Musical. The utter debauchery that was happening backstage. I was so sheltered, naive. So many things were happening. Um, and there were like 50 of us crammed into tiny, tight, close quarters, changing clothes. Um, I'm just saying, like, send someone for a little pass-through. Safe space doesn't mean um, stupid space. Yeah. I think you can create a safe space for your students without creating a makeout space. That's what I'm saying. And I think, like, for both of us, one kind of final note would be keep making children do Shakespeare. First of all, it's hysterical. I love to watch like some 12 year old boy fumble his way through King Lear. Absolutely. Funny. But secondly, um, they say if you can do Shakespeare, you can do anything. And I think if you can make Shakespeare fun for kids, throw in a little blood, give them a sword, teach them how to throw a punch and inspire a love of like language and the ability to focus on the action instead of the words, you're creating really solid actors and human beings. So keep making children do Shakespeare. And you're, you're giving them confidence in a thing that seemed daunting. It wasn't made to be sat at a desk in a brick building and read. It was made to be spoken and experienced. The first Shakespeare that I had to read was in middle school. And it was Julius Caesar. Oh, they gosh. pulled out Julius Caesar for a bunch of sixth graders <laughs> and were like, Shakespeare is a genius. And I'm like, you are dumb. Because I was so bored. Yeah. And then I went home and I watched Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm -hmm. And that was it. I was sold. Yeah. I have 
told students that we're going to be doing Shakespeare and watched their reaction, you just can't be daunted by eye rolls when you're going to be working with teenagers. You just have to like power through and be hype and like explain to them that Shakespeare is like fights and love and raunchy humor and like all of the fun things that we adults know about Shakespeare, like tell it to a kid so that they can have a good time with it however appropriately that is for your high school and like let them kill some people on stage and you know squeeze blood bags and like faint or whatever it is that they're gonna do um and that's gonna get their parents at home who are eye rolling over the fact that they have to come watch two and a half hours of Hamlet or Julius Caesar or whatever um if their kid is having like the best time up there killing people and falling in love and like taking magic love potion the parents are going to be down on it too i think it's worth it for the students that it's worth it for like it's it's even when you've got the ones that are at the end of it going i still don't understand any of it you've got the couple that kind of met something Mm -hmm. when they did the show yeah and i think you know part of the reason it's so hard for me to hear that Romeo and Juliet was not great even though I know it in my heart and soul <laughs> is because of the inspired love of Shakespearean language that it gave me so you know keep making 14 year old girls give uh, you know murder monologues I want to see that so uh, thanks for hanging out in the literal parking lot with us if you have any comments, questions, or cries of pain for us, you can email us at uncertaintheater at gmail.com. That's U-N-C-E-R-T-A-I-N-T-H-E-A-T-R-E Dang. at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh, or you can call us and leave a voicemail or text message at 502-627-0296. If you found us amusing, entertaining at all, uh, just send us on to a fellow theater lover or anyone else who would find this fun. Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs>